Well, we're going to continue our study through the book of Acts. Uh, tonight, we're going to, we looked at Acts chapter 1, verse 8 last week. We're going to look at that as well again, but we're going to add a couple verses to it. Um, let me give you, uh, let me pray and then we'll, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Tony, Keith will get you one. Yeah. Nathan's got them, or John, one of the two. Here we go. We're going to be, uh, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It says Acts of the Apostles, but it's really Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's what it should be. Lord, we ask your blessing on the study of your word as we take a look tonight at this idea of what it means to be a witness. And um, we ask, Lord, that you'd lead us into all truth, that you'd equip us and empower us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, uh, we're going to be Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 8, but hold your place there, and then go to Luke, the last chapter of Luke, it's Luke 24, Luke 24. Who wrote the book of Luke? All right, who wrote the book of Acts? Who's the most prolific writer of the New Testament? Luke. Jeepers, do we... (laughs) Who's written more in the New Testament than any other writer? Luke. Who said Peter? You're, you're kicked out. She's new. All right. We got a noob. Now, who is Luke writing the book of Luke to and writing the book of Acts to? Come on. If, if nothing is learned, nothing's been taught. Not to the church. Theophilus. Now, it is the church, yes. The whole New Testament. It's not really new. It's like the latest testament. It's 2,000 years old. Um, I would say, obviously, he's writing to Theophilus. Does anyone know what Theophilus means? Lover of God. Lover of God. Right. And, and we know that it, most excellent Theophilus, so we know that he is probably a senator in Rome, more than likely a, a, the highest class of Roman citizen. And what is Luke? What have we learned? Who is Luke? He's a physician. He's a physician probably assigned to, or, or in those days you didn't have Obamacare. In those days you purchased your own physician. And they went along with you. And Theophilus, uh, and Luke was in a sense an indentured servant. Not a slave, but an indentured servant. And Theophilus gave Luke to Paul to travel with Paul and also to keep him healthy. So Theophilus is, or Luke is writing this account of Jesus to Theophilus. And then he brings it all the way up to chapter 24 of Luke. And then he begins the writing of the Acts of the Apostles. And he's writing it to Theophilus as well. What occurred after Christ rose from the dead, reappeared, and the Holy Spirit descended. We're going to see this happening in the scriptures. And, and he's going to write this to Theophilus because he wants him to understand all of this. And Theophilus is, you know, the Bible says, share all good things with those who instruct you. And it's also, be a blessing to those who bless you. And so he's writing to Theophilus, first of all, to be grateful for the fact that he's been able to travel with Paul and to do these things. And as we studied, we, we looked last week in uh, Acts chapter 1, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, as we've been going through the book of John on Sunday mornings, we've learned about this imperative to, that you must be born again, born of the Spirit. We've gone through this because Nicodemus, do I crawl back again in my mother's womb? We went through all of that. And last week when we looked at Acts 1.8, that you'll receive dunamis, you'll receive power, we equated it to the idea of, of having a set of tracks, right, which is a train, and then that hunk of metal, which represents us, right on the tracks, right? 
And, and the tracks go in the direction of where God wants to leave. So we're, we're aligned with where God is leading. But the Holy Spirit is the power that pushes the train in the direction where God wants to go. Now, if the train tries to go where it wants to go, off the tracks that are assigned by God, what happens to that hunk of metal? It becomes a twisted hunk of metal and people die. And it doesn't matter how much steam you have in the engine, it's going nowhere. And you can, you know, we see in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, you can mark that, but, but it begins by the Apostle Paul saying to the church at Corinth, you guys have every gift imaginable. You, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. You have every gift the Holy Spirit has to offer, and, and you have words, and, and you are enriched by utterances and all knowledge. You have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, you have discernment, you have words of prophecy, See, all the gifts were present in the church of Corinth, but that church was a royal wreck. Um, members were sleeping with one another. A, a, a son was sleeping with his father's wife. There was division in the church. They were bickering with one another. It was awful. People were getting drunk at communion. I mean, the church was a wreck. They had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they had no power. The, the train had gone off the tracks. It was just a hunk of metal and people were being injured because the Bible says, mark those who cause division have nothing to do with them. And so this division in the body of Christ, all this self-centered, selfish, purposeful you know, destruction off the track. And God says, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So, so here in, in, the, in the church in Corinth, they had all the gifts, but they had no power in a sense. And, and you know, I, I know, I believe that the gift of tongues is for today, but I think it's one of the least of the gifts. Some people would declare that it's evidence of the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that some people have a prayer language, utterances with, you know, with groanings too deep for words. And, and I'll go through that later in time, but I would just suffice it to say that, you know, because you can muster up emotion in a room and you prime the pump, so to speak. I remember one person telling me, oh, you just need to prime the pump to receive your, your, your language. And, and, I, and it was, shit about a Hyundai. I thought, what are you, a car salesman? I want to shit about a Hyundai, shit about a Hyundai. I don't understand that. It didn't really apply. I, and I just want to share with you right now, I don't despise the gifts. I don't mock the gifts. But I would say to you, I would say to you, it takes more energy to be a martyr, meaning dying to yourself, Galatians 2.20. It takes more Holy Spirit power to vacuum the carpet, husbands, or to do the dishes than it does to speak in tongues. I am not impressed with somebody who can speak in tongues. I'm impressed with someone who can deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow the Lord. You can, have all kind, you, can, you can use the steam in the engine to blow the whistle all you want, but if the train ain't moving, nothing's happening. And we looked at that last week. And we see this idea of you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we saw the three prepositions for the Holy Spirit in the life of people. He's with, he's with in, and upon. And we took the glass and the, and the pitcher and poured the water in. Do you remember that? We see how that works. So, so we see these prepositions, and now we come further into Luke, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, but we're going to look at Luke 24 real briefly. Here we go. Luke 24, drop down to verse 44. Jesus said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written. Now, what is he saying? He's saying that, I believe the Bible to be the inerrant word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt with man. God's word is true. 
period. Jesus says that all things must be fulfilled which were written. He holds them to be true in the law of Moses. So we have the Pentateuch. In the prophets. So we can go through all of the prophets, minor and major prophets, and the Psalms concerning me, Jesus says, the word. And he opened their understanding that, he might, that they might comprehend the scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study. That's a good word for all of us to comprehend. Study. Oh, Pastor, the, the Bible's boring. And I've said often, so are you. <laughs> you want to become more interesting? Study. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman or woman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written. So he puts emphasis on the inerrancy of the scriptures. Thus it is written. And thus it was necessary. And this is what he says. For the Christ, the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses. And the word witness is uh, martyrus or martyr. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power, dunamis, dynamic dynamite power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. True. That's what it means, true. Now we take the last portion of what Luke wrote to Theophilus. He finishes that. This is the commandment of the Lord that you, you preach that the, the, the Christ must suffer, crucified, rise from the dead, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. So go into Jerusalem. We're going to start there. It's going to be the epicenter. The, the, the pebble's going to hit the pond, and the ripples are going to go all the way to the edges of, of the pond. We're starting in Jerusalem. Go there. That's where we're going, to, we're going to start with this handful of folks. And you're going to be endued with power from on high, and you, that, and you are witnesses of these things. You have to be a witness to these things. And I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. Remember? Upon, overflowing. It's going to get on everybody around them. And you will tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with this power from on high. So you go and wait. And so they did that. And then here's the cool part. They go out to Bethany with him, and all of a sudden he lifts up his hands, he blesses them, and all of a sudden he's taken up. They're like, whoa. And they go back to Jerusalem like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is great. This is unbelievable. This is so cool. This is so cool. And they're praising God and they're worshiping. And now Luke writes to Theophilus what happened after that to see if the church was obedient. So we read one through seven and now we come to verse eight and we studied that last week and let's pick up Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses, be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then Jesus ascends to heaven. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he did it again. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You've seen it twice. Don't you get it? 
I and my father are one and, and he's there and he sits at the right hand of the father ever living to make intercession and he did exactly what he said he'd do and you're in Jerusalem and it's time and the Holy Spirit's going to descend and do them with power. And, and the coolest thing is as he ascends into heaven, you can imagine the disciples going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, we have questions for you. Hang on. Are we supposed to be Arminian or Calvinists? What type of church government? Is it congregational, Presbyterian, Episcopalian? Which, what is it? Are we, can we use church views? Are you allowed to wear blue jeans in church? Do you have to have a suit? What scripture's perfected? Is it King James, New King James? I know King James hasn't been written yet, but which one? <laughs> Infant baptism? Full submergence? Sprinkling? What is it? He made it really simple, didn't it? We made it so complicated. Here's what he said. You will be witnesses when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses. And what does it mean to be a witness? You have to have a couple of things. One is you have to testify of the suffering, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have to preach to all nations repentance and remission of sins. What's repentance? Turn away from it. (laughs) You're going this way, go that way. You're going away from God, go towards him. No brainer. You're living your life. You're off the tracks. Get on the track. Yes, but mm, I have so many more questions in relation to this. I want to know eschatological. Just get on the track. Be a witness. I understand that, but I have so much knowledge and understanding. I want to go deeper into these things. And I really want to, you know, just, I want to, I want to contemplate my belly button. We, we, we go so deep into things, we become useless in some regards. Not to say that we're to abandon that, but if it doesn't create in you this ability to witness, he said you'll be a witness. A witness to what? Death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Repentance and remission of sins. I, I had a brother come up to me and, and say, you know, uh, I feel called to, to, to go to another state, and I, 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 I'm going to be going into a world, you know, where it's a whole different religion, and it's, it's the antithesis of Christianity, and, and I'm going to be surrounded by family members who are, you know, saturated in that, and I, I, I don't know their theology, I don't know mine too well, and my, my comment was, just be a witness. It's really simple. Testify to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and repentance and remission of sins. And how has that affected your life? You will be that. You have to, you have to bear witness to that. Witness means martyrist, which means martyrdom. Oh, how do I bear witness? It says be a witness. It doesn't say go and witness. It doesn't say go and share the four spiritual laws. It doesn't say close them. Make sure you get them to that place and they got to raise their hand. They got to walk forward. Praise God. It doesn't say any of that. It says you will be a witness. What do you mean be a witness? You know, the, whole, the scriptures go through the entirety of this concept of what it means to be a witness. When they selected new apostles, when they go through and they select men to oversee the church, they're looking for men of good report. They're, they're looking for folks who have a testimony within the community. They're looking for people that have this ability that, that it's not just what they're saying, it's what they're doing. Being, to be, it's, it's who you are. It's not what you do, it's who you are. I, 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 can't, I can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing speaks so loudly. Christians think that we're a library. 
We have to store all this deep knowledge in these shelves and books that are hard to access and only through codes and keys and the Dewey Decimal System are you able to figure it out. We're not libraries. We're billboards. We're living epistles written on the hearts of men for all to see. We're supposed to be engaging in the community as a cultural transformation. We're supposed to be in this regard that we're not only in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts of the world. We go in for this purpose. And here he was taken up. But this idea that Jesus is declaring that his word is true, well, let me also share with you that you'll be a witness. But faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Yet just because that one brother who wants to go witness to his family has to understand the three aspects that Jesus Christ was, was crucified, buried, and resurrected, and, and he preaches repentance and the remission of sins, and he witnesses that, that he, in his own life, that that's the case, and, and he can preach that. In addition, it says, be prepared in season, out of season, to give a reason for the faith and, that lies within you. You are to study to show yourself approved. You can start where you are, just like the blind man. They came up to him and they said, you know, were you blind because of your parents' sin or your sin? He says, I have no idea what you're talking about theologically. All I know, and he witnesses, all I know is I once was blind and now I see, and that man over there, Jesus, is responsible for it. Testify to what you do know, but learn more. And don't just learn it for head knowledge so you can fill your library. Learn it so that it will be more effective as a witness. Don't be a hearer of the word, be a doer, as James says. Apply every aspect of this in, in your life so that the world can see that you're a witness. Testify of these things. And, and, and he, he talks about this idea of when Jesus says, which were written, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all concerning me. These are all books we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God. We need to know the Messianic Psalms. We need to know the prophets. We need to know uh, all the testimonies in Isaiah in regards to the suffering servant and the Messiah that would come. We need to be able to witness to Jews and Gentiles. We need to witness to everybody. We need to have this ability to show them the word of God is not only on my lips, but it's in my heart. It's not only on my lips and in my heart, it's through my actions. And and I want to give you an insight tonight that is, to me, probably one of the most important. This idea of witness you will be a witness. It doesn't say you will witness. It doesn't say you will witness. I, I, I think of these things, and witnessing is not something that we do. It's who we are. You can't give someone measles unless you already have them. And I think about this idea, martyr. That's where the word witness comes from, Martyr. And you just, you just go down Fox's Book of Martyrs and look at, at the, the original apostles. With the exception of John, every single one of them was killed. And you go, well, that's being a witness. No. No. Wasn't it Patton who said, uh, don't die for your country. Let the poor bastard on, on the enemy side die for his. I, I thought I'd throw that out. You, you don't long to be killed. You don't, you don't go out there to be killed. You have to be wise. When, he speaks of, when we speak of the disciples, all of them being martyred, being killed, they were killed, but here's the secret. Galatians 2.20. Ready? Apostle Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
You see, all these men and women in the early church died, were murdered, but that's not where they martyred. Their witness wasn't in their death, physical. Their witness was in their daily dying to themselves. You can be a martyr as a husband or a wife or a parent or a neighbor or a boss or an employee or as a citizen in the community. Pastor Brett and I, this whole week, we've been marveling in God's ability to transform us. I don't even know where I'm supposed to go with this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just six days left in this election. I seldom talk about it, but this is, this is a good application. Six days left. And, and the big issue is signs. Oh my gosh, I'm so... Signs. Here's your sign. <laughs> but we're, 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 you know, people tell us about the signs. And, and I, some people do it sweet and kind. Other people are bitter and mean. Some people just steal them. Today, Brett came up to a guy who was going to remove the sign. The guy had the sign in his hands. He says, he says, I was coming to pick that up. And he goes, so? He goes, I'll take it from him. He goes, no, you can't have it. He goes, what are you going to do? He goes, I'll throw it away. He goes, well, no, just give it to me. I'll take it. No, I'm throwing it away. All right, cowboy. But there's a part of you. And I, I, was, I was telling my wife, I said, yeah, Brett, had, he was with his son, and it was just, just brutal. And my wife was like, that's illegal. I go, don't use that term anymore. I'm so sick of that. It can be applied on either side. It's illegal. I said, where's the Lord in all this? And the thing I love about Brett is one of the opponents sends a list of all the signs they feel is illegal. Within, within moments, Brett has them all picked up. Just like that. And he sends him this note. You know, we got all those. Praise the Lord. Bless you. I've been praying for you. Only a couple days left. And the response is like, <laughs> And there's another gentleman, really sweet and honest, sincere. We do those. His response is so thankful and kind. And, and, and the whole gamut. Some people are calling, they took my sign right out of my yard. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But there's a part of you, and work with me here. There's a part of you that you want justice, don't you? Anybody? Somebody paid for those signs. I've got to get them back. You can pick any issue you want. This is fresh on my mind. It has nothing to do with the election. Just bypass that. I'm just sharing with you a tangible application. So you, oh, that's wrong. And the Lord comes in and just says, bless them. Go pick them up. And while you're picking them up, if you see the opponent's sign bent, lift it up and put it back in. <laughs> Why, God? You bless those who spitefully use you. And then I'm thinking about this. I, I was sharing with somebody I really care about and their counsel's important. I was sharing with them and they go, they're using you. I mean, you, you offered yourself to take down any signs that they were upset with and they're just using you. They're making your people go out and take the signs down. I go, nobody's using me. I share with them out of John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I've received from my father. <laughs> I could care less if I lose an election because I don't have a sign somewhere. 
I'm in this community and those are people, they're not, they're not enemies, they're, they're opportunities of, to, to reach. Some people that we've just, that have, were angry, we've had the opportunity to meet them and care for them. I went today into a store and I, I was buying a part for the tent trailer because Michelle left to go to Santa Rosa for her niece's graduation. I was getting the thing all set and getting ready and getting the stuff all fixed and, and I just, I love the guy's customer service and I said, your name's Mike? He goes, yeah, I'm Mike. I go, Mike, I'm Rob. And he, and he says his last name. And I go, well, mine's Rob McCoy. He goes, Rob McCoy. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that doesn't sound good. He goes, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I go, I'm listening. He goes, let me start with the good news. I'm, I said, okay. He goes, the good news is my wife and I mailed in our ballot and we both voted for you. I'm like, oh, thank you. He says, the bad news is I hosted a meet and greet coffee for your opponent. I'm like, so? You're not upset? I go, no, I think it's really cool. And, and he goes, well, I got to tell you something. His answers frustrated me. I didn't know much about you, but I voted for you. Now meeting you, I like you even more. This morning I was at the, the Kiwanis Club. I joined because I wanted to be in a service organization. I wanted to get known people. I wanted to be a witness. I wanted to serve. I saw them as a service organization. Saturday, we were out serving. I love this idea. They serve the community with their volunteer hours. I can't think of anything cooler than that. They're doing what the church should be doing. And so I get into this place, and I want to serve them while they're serving others. And I get in, and I, I, I just, I don't even, you got to do 10 things to make full membership, and I'm a new member, I'm a noob, and and I, I don't even know what the 10 things are. I'm doing meals on wheels. I go over to serve over here. I do wheels to the sea. I'm, I'm helping, you know, cook tri-tip, I, whatever, loading stuff in. I go to visit the president. She's in the hospital. I'm, I'll do whatever. And, and last week, they, they gave me a full membership thing. I'm like, are you sure? I don't even know if I did 10 of them. I didn't get my apron signed. You got to be apron signed by everybody in the club. I, I don't even remember doing that. And Sam, the president, just looked at me, and she said, you really touched my life. And, and they have a guy who does a devotion every morning, Wednesday mornings. I came in, and the guy's on vacation. And Sam came up and said, Rob, would you do the devotion? I said, sure, Sam. The place was packed because they were giving away $7,000 in scholarships to eight or seven students or 8,000 to eight students. The parents were there. The place was packed. I went up. I shared about Memorial Day. I talked about my godfather. I talked about my dad. I thanked the Lord. Finished. And people were crying. So many folks came up, and during the course of the meeting, they made reference to it. And, and I just thought about it. I just said, you know, Lord, I never even knew these people before. But you gave me a heart to come in and want to love on them. And your words touched them. There's, there's nothing I did different other than I availed myself to be used by him. You will be a witness. It, God is not interested in this idea that you have all of this, this understanding and this knowledge and you're going nowhere. <clears throat> we think the church is to be this cloister and this monastery. Being is an act of doing. And, and the idea is martyr, deny yourself. And, and, and you know who you're loving while you're dying? The people who are crucifying you. You find the toughest nuts to crack and you go love on them. And you step right in the center of it. And everybody, everybody wants to come to a place where we're comfortable and we want the church to be a place of sunshine. And, and listen, Holy Spirit power and witness is not tooting the whistle on the train. The church at Corinth had all the gifts and they were divided. 
and they were angry and they were bitter and they were selfish and self-centered. Do you know why that happens? Because nobody's dying. A dead man's not offended. You will know they're Christians by their love for one another. And an offended brother is harder one than a fortified city. And here's the thing. We're thinking we don't want to offend anyone. Well, no, the trick is don't you be offended. To be offended, you have to work at it. That means you have to be alive. That means you have to be bitter. That means you have to be unforgiving. That means you have to hold on to something you're unwilling to let go. If you can't look at your enemy and say, I love you, and you can't call him a friend, and you can't earnestly seek to bless them, you're still alive. You're not martyred. You're not being a witness. You're being yourself, which isn't Christ. The only way to be Christ is to be dead, to be crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me while I was yet a sinner. And we do that for others. The most unlovable, even in the church. And we will be a witness. I love what one author writes. He says, in every city of the world, an unseen battle rages for the dominion over God's creation and the souls of people. There's a battle. My daughter Natasha was telling me that she was on her bunk bed and this, this pressure kept coming upon her chest, waking her up, shaking her. The bed would shake. And she'd wake and she'd see shadows. She wrote this in the letter. And she's at Teen Challenge, she's struggling, she'd see these shadows. And it was the voice of her grandfather, which is the most endearing voice that she knows from her childhood, telling her, get up and leave. Go. And she said, Dad, it was frightening. It was my grandfather's voice, but it, was, it wasn't what God wanted. And then another voice would say, Natasha, stay right where you are. I got you. And she said, that voice was gentle and loving and peaceful. My grandfather's voice was what I affiliated or associated with love and peace, but it was totally different. She said, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. And she was in tr just turmoil and she called and she was crying. I prayed with her and she just settled down and she sounds great today. She worked through it. She wrote about it. But this is the battle for souls in the world, this dominion over God's creation, the souls of people. I mean, if, if, if this, this de demonic force can try to dissuade or discourage my daughter, what, what do you think is going on in the world around us? All the things that come in and this, this battle's fought this author says, on seven strategic fronts, <clears throat> they loom like mountains in our culture. And they, they shape the culture and they influence its destiny. Do you remember last week when we studied this idea that you'll be given dynamic power? The world doesn't have this power. The world is subject to the, to the whims of the culture and, and the way of, of, of the enemy. There are two forces, one of life and one of death. And there is, there is a, there's a, 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 an unseen battle raging for the dominion of God's creation. It's either going to be pushed into death or it's going to be pushed towards life. And in this, this unseen battle, the world doesn't have power to overcome it. They're subject to the whims of the culture. But the church has this power to move on the track as we align with God's purposes and this, the, his spirit comes upon us. We can set the dynamic. We can make those tracks run through the deepest of mountains with, with the dynamite blowing through. We can establish culture. And, and the, the strategic fronts where this culture is looming, where this power is necessary, this dunamis, Christians are not present. 
We don't shape or influence its destiny. We've abdicated our responsibility. Over the years, this author writes, the church slowly retreated from its place of influence on these mountains, leaving a void now filled with darkness. When we lose our influence, we lose the culture. And when we lose the culture, we fail to advance the kingdom of God. And now a generation stands in desperate need. And what is the church doing? Blowing our whistle. Beep, beep. Humming, humming, I should have bought a Hyundai, should have bought a Hyundai. Why don't you allow that Holy Spirit power to cause you to die and to serve the world? I'm comfortable. I don't want to shake the boat. I don't want to to martyr. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be tested. I don't want to be rocked. I don't want to separate church. I don't want to be in the info. I don't want to. Hollywood's evil. And all the church does is we sit in our library and we decry the destruction of the world around us as we do nothing about it. It's time to fight. Fight for them and take back these mountains of influence. He lists these mountains. He says, the mountain of family. We're either the truth or a lie is passed on to the successive generations. Yeah, I was watching the Duggars and the one guy, uh, Josh Duggar, 13 to 15 years of age, um, molested five girls or something along the lines, maybe his sisters. It was kept in the family, resolved. And <clears throat> the show's been taken off the air and it's done. And if you read the blogs and what people are saying and how they're just, de- just decapitating this family and just going to town on them, and it's awful. And, and it's a family that has put themselves out in front and they're just being dumped on. Okay. Now, what Josh did is awful. The fact they hit it is awful. And, and they, they sowed to the wind. They're reaping the whirlwind in that regard but it discounts the 99% of the things that they're doing that are profoundly affecting the world. Just, why is there such a battle raging for a family that believes in life? Because there's a culture of death. This doesn't make sense to the world. This idea of honoring God, being fruitful and multiplying, imparting Christ to generation and and doing these things. And this is the influence of family. Our culture, negative birth rate. America's declining rapidly. We, we wait for children until it's convenient. Children are commodity. And the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. This is being a witness, raising godly kids. You can, you can, you can convert the world by witnessing or sharing your life with others. And you can also, in, in three generations, by raising Godly families with a positive birth rate, more than 2.1, 2.01, you can affect the next generation. In four generations, the Duggar family, if they hold to Christ and they just have half as many kids as their parents had, will have uh, a population the size of Nevada today, current. Imagine that many people influenced for Christ affecting the world in a profound, positive way. But parenting's hard. And you know why we don't have kids? Because they suck the money. I, the one family was saying, you know, we went in foster care program. Uh, we were told that this child would be with us for a few months. And, and, and now they told, and we, they said, there's no chance this child will be adopted. No chance that it'll be up for adoption. Just take this child. They take the child in their home. They love on the child. And next thing you know, the foster care program says, 
the boy's available for adoption. And they're like, our kids are out of the house. We were just kind of doing this as kind of the thing to do. And I mean, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's going to be expensive. And by the time we're this age, when we should be traveling on a yacht somewhere in the Caribbean, I don't, you know, that's expensive. And I, and Brett talked with the family and, and I did. And it wasn't like we needed to, we just looked at him and said, what's God telling you? Go, we already have the answer. We just wanted to <laughs> ask those questions. There's, there's a boy that needs a home. You're not going to stand before the Lord and say, you know what, God? I saw all of the Mediterranean. God's going to say, so what? The only thing going to heaven is people. Why didn't you take that boy? We already did our task. We had two kids. That's not even positive birth rate. I said, be fruitful and multiply. Oh. If there's room in your home, there's got to be room in your heart. I would say if there's room in your heart, there, I guarantee you there's room in your home. We raised five kids in 1,400 square feet. So this is the, the mountain of, of family. And the only way that that's going to have a positive effect in a cultural transformation is that we have to be martyrs to ourselves. We have to be witnesses. Die to ourselves, live to Christ. Die to ourselves, live to Christ. Do you think Christ wants a home for that little boy? Hello? Do you think God wants a Christian testimony to all the kids stuck in the foster program? Yes or no? Oh, come on. You don't even want to say yes. Yes, he does. I don't even have to pray about that. I already know that. Then there's the mountain of religion where people worship God in spirit and truth or settle for religions that are false. We don't contend for the truth. We don't even know what the truth is. We haven't studied to show ourselves approved unto God. We don't even read the scriptures. We can't even give a ready answer. We, we can't even practice apologetics. There's the mountain of education. Where truth or lies about God and his creation are taught. Have we influenced it? Or have we abdicated? And they go, oh, well, you separation churches say, where's that? I'm sorry. We buy that because it's convenient. It's easy. We don't want to fight it because it requires that we die. It means we have to be martyred. You know why these, these men and women died? Because they had already died. Band of Brothers, one of my favorite scenes is, is Lieutenant Spears comes up to a man in a foxhole and he's scared. He says, on D-Day, I, I, I took you know, air sickness pills and I slept through D-Day in a foxhole. He says, and, and you seem fearless. How is it? How is it that you're not scared and I am? He says, because you've forgotten. He goes, what did I forget? And he says, you forgot you're already dead. I'm already dead, son. I'm already dead. And when he would run up against, and, and, and he's written up in, in West Point, and, and, and what he did on, on the... the the German uh, entrenchments with these, these guns, it was Spears who flanked it and did the whole thing, written up in the annals of, of West Point history. And he was fearless because his idea was, I'm already dead. He had died a long time ago. I don't count my life dear to myself, the Apostle Paul says, that I might finish the race and the course that is set before me, testifying 
witnessing. I'm already dead. Go ahead and behead me, which they did in in Malta. Crucify me upside down, which they did with Peter. Boil me in oil like they did to John the Baptist. They were already dead. Are Christian brothers and sisters dying in the 1040 window in in the, the, the Arab world? They died a long time ago. They didn't die the day that they were beheaded. They died a long time ago. They've stayed to witness. They've stayed to testify. They're not moved. None of these things move me, the Apostle Paul says. You can't move me. I am going to be a cultural influence, and you're either going to have to kill me, but you're not going to move me. And we're moved by everything. We let culture move us. We don't move it. You know what happens when water comes up against an immovable force? It moves. Water moves. It goes around it. It does whatever it can to get away from it. And we stand, oaks of righteousness, affecting a culture. A culture is blessed whose citizens plant trees whose shade they will never know. And you invest and you serve. This is the mountain of education. I'm watching as Pastor Brett volunteers to do volleyball in a high school. Just a chance to go in and be a mountain of influence. If I'm not allowed in over here, I'll come in over here. Find a place to witness. Find a place to die. Find a place that requires self-sacrifice. Find a place that requires selflessness. Not selfishness. Not decrying the situation and whining that they're infringing on your rights. Go in and serve them. Go in and love them. Don't complain about it. The mountain of government where evil is either rejected or endorsed. Oh, government's all screwed up. What are you doing about it? Oh, go do something about it. Get involved. Go witness. Go die. Oh, they're all corrupt. So are you. Go witness. Go love them. Do something. Be a witness. The mountain of media where information is seen through the lens of either good or evil. What lenses, lenses are we putting on the media? Do we help? We decry it. We stay in our library and decry it and how it's affecting culture. Do we ever encourage our children to engage in it? Do we ever participate in it? Do you ever write a letter to the editor? Do you ever write an article? Do you ever go and meet somebody in the media? Do you ever try to befriend somebody? You try to... This, this is what God's calling us to. The mountains of art and entertainment where values and virtues are either embraced and clarified or distorted. And the one mountain they all depend upon, a mountain that fuels and funds all the others, the mountain of business. Commerce, science, technology, where people either work for the glory of God or for the glory of man. Do you enter into business because you get to buy something new for yourself or do you enter into business because you get to do more for the Lord? Did God give you a raise so that you can indulge yourself more? I mean, why are you, why are you buying something so lavish for a dead man? 
It's like buying a casket. And I want to have marble on the inside and satin, and I want a really nice pillow. I want a little massage bar that just keeps working, and it'll be run by solar, and we'll just connect it to, so that the body can just be massaged while it's just lying there. And we're going to put the puppy in with you, and we're going to put all your little possessions, and we're going to have it just encased in absolute bronze with really nice bars, and it's going to be untouched. It's, we're going to do like cypress wood or something. We're going to make it really special. They don't care. You are wasting your money. Call Costco and get a cardboard box. Amen? Amen. <laughs> the idea is, is it for God's glory or yours? Uh, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to get to the top of this. I'm going to have power. I'm going to have power. I'm going to have authority. I'm going to be able to move and shake. And I'm gonna have the, say, the mountains of influence come when we die. We be a witness. We will be a witness. Witnessing is not something we do. It is who we are. And the word witness means martyr. The word martyr means die. It means die. I, ego, self-preservation, I, Rob McCoy, I, have been crucified. What does that mean? I'm dead. I've been crucified with Christ. There's no longer Rob who lives. But Christ lives in me. And the life which Rob now lives in the flesh, he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Repentance, remission of sin. My life is not my own. I've been purchased with the blood of Christ. I live to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not my own. I'm not offended. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. It's not easily angered. Fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. No weapon fashioned against us will stand. We have power. When we live because we're dead and Christ lives in us, the world can't stop us. They don't know what to do when you love them. I read these emails Brett says to one of, sends to one of his opponents. They are the sweetest. E- and the person has just got to be going, what is this problem? It's like, that, it's like the blow-up clown that has that smile. And you're like, Poo! and it comes back up. Poo! Poo! <laughs> Praise God. Poo! <laughs> And while you're just pounding the nails into Jesus' wrist, you just collapse in exhaustion. What am I doing? Let him crucify you. Let him mock you. We don't have to defend ourselves. How do you defend a lion? You don't. You let him out of the cage. The the blood of the martyrs, that's not just dying. That's dying every day. That's, that's being an influence. That's being a witness. That's being a martyr every single moment. You want to begin? Husbands, be a martyr for your wife. Die to yourself. It's not her job. It's yours. If you see it, pick it up. If it cries, comfort it. If it makes a mess, clean it up. Don't wait for someone else. Die. Martyr right there. Don't wait so that you can stand in front of the news and go, I died protecting people in a bank. Why don't you die to yourself and start caring for your wife? Wives, die. 
serve your husbands. If you're not married, serve your neighbors, serve your family. All of us together, let's serve our enemies. Do good to those who spitefully use us. That's martyrdom. You want to see how to die? It's so... It, you're, you're, you want to talk about death? Person does this to you and you're like, I give oh, 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 and God's saying, die, bless them. What? What are you talking? Did you, did you not see? Did you not see what you did when I died for you? Greater love has no man than this and the lay down his life for a friend. I called you a friend while you were yet a sinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the level you judge, you will be judged. Yeah. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Oh, okay, all right. That was a beatitude. You built the whole thing on that. I remember that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. Okay, let's just drill it in. But how does the beatitude start? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Lord, I got nothing in me to love that person. I want to kill them. I want to wring their neck. I want a pound of flesh and I want my signs back. (laughs) And the Lord says, Rob, you die and you love them. Okay. One One of the hardest things in marriage, I was thinking about this. God made it so that a man and a woman were so completely different. I mean, what do he say to the woman after the fall? Your curse will be childbearing and, and cycles. You know, husbands, you're going to work. Then you're both going to come home. You're going to be tired and you're going to be really upset, moody. You're like, where's the chocolate? And you're like, where's my hug? Oh, okay, all right. And it's designed, designed to irritate. Come on. Men are designed to irritate women. Women are designed to irritate men. Amen. Work with me, people. And I was thinking about this. Why can't you be, my wife, why can't you be more sensitive and just talk? And why do we, and she always wants to talk when we're laying in bed. I thought a bed was for, was for sleep. <laughs> Long day, hit the pillow. I want to talk. Okay. All right. Let me just clear the sleep from my eyes because I was shutting all the systems down. She's like. Hey, just, you know. Why, why are we still uh, talk, talking about this? Because I haven't gotten the 10,000 words out yet. My 4,000 are spent, woman. I am done. I don't even know what to say. I'm... Totally different. But what do you do in that moment? You can either get irritated or you can say, God, I die that you might live. Holy Spirit, fill me. Use me. When you ask that, remember we studied last week? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Just right at that moment, Lord, would you fill me? I want to die that you might live. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Come upon me that I would be able to satiate and saturate and love my wife. And then you just, all of a sudden, it's not an irritation, it's a joy. I don't know how that happens. 
One moment you're like, what are you thinking? I'm tired. You don't care about me. You don't care. You just want to talk. It's just another herbal tea and have a long discussion and watch Sense and Sensibility. I don't want to see it again. And yet you, 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 you awake and, and there, it, you know, and, and they're still not disconnected. They have this, the enemy has a way of just, and the Lord's just showing that needs to be disconnected. That's got to be disconnected. You're dead, Rob. You're dead. And here's a tough one. When you're dying and they're not. <laughs> the true test of a servant is how you act when you're being treated like one. Come on. And you want to talk about being a witness, martyrdom. How's this one? I just want to, you know, you've, you've had a little spat and you go, I just want to say, uh, my mother was notorious for this. Mom, I, I just I want to call and tell you I'm sorry. I mean, she's wronged me and, and I'm, I'm starting the dialogue. Honey, I, I, I'm, Mom, I, I want to tell you I'm sorry. Well, I accept your apology. And it's about time you apologized. Okay, okay, we're going there. Ah, let's go, let's get ready to rumble. And the Lord's like, die, die, die. Okay, my bad. We're always trying to live again. And every day, if you want to be a witness, it's daily dying, moment by moment, denying yourself, picking up your cross, crucifixion, and following the Lord. You die and you rely on the Lord and you are a witness. And what are you a witness to? The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in your life. And what are you declaring? Repentance. I could have never done this on my own. I never had freedom until I died. And the remission of sins is unbelievable what God's done. He cleansed me of my filth. I, I return to my sin like a dog returns to its vomit and he forgives me and it's his kindness that has led me to repentance. And the only hope I have is daily dying. Drugs. Pornography. I mean, you just fill in the blank. You know, you, you're going down that river you're going down that river and you're like, well, let's just see how close we can get to the, and you see the signs, you know, waterfall ahead. And you're like, oh, waterfall. Oh, this is great. Danger, get off the river. Danger, get off the river. And you're like, well, the current, I can handle this. I mean, I still can do the J stroke and I can curve the canoe and we're, we're good. You better get off the danger, danger. And you get closer and finally go, wait, it's kind of, I better get off the river. You can't get off the river over the top. You should have gotten off the river way back there. Sin Listen, grace isn't given so you can get to the edge and go, oh, this is really cool. Look how close I can get. I have grace, man. Praise the Lord. It's so you can get away from it. Back up. Where are you easily beset? Where are the trigger points for you? Then go back beyond that. When you get to that place and, and you, okay, die right here, die. Holy Spirit, fill me, help me. I'm not going to that next step because I know, and listen, We've been doing it long enough. You will be a witness. The world is so much better at being who they are than Christians are. The world is so honest about being a sinner. They're like, yeah, I do it. I like it. So what? I don't have a drinking problem. I drink, get drunk, fall down. No problem. Christians, you know, will be a witness. We're not even good at being worldly because we're pretending like we're godly while we're being worldly. We're not even good at that. And the idea is, 
Be a witness. Die every moment. Get, get off the river back when it was calm. And sit in the banks with the Lord and spend time in the, in the still waters and the quiet pastures. You know, you, you want to get to the edge of a waterfall. Trust me, if you're dying to yourself, he'll put you in the middle of raging waterfalls when you're strong enough to be able to handle them. Because he'll put you in there to pull people out. He'll make you a rescuer. Right now, you're just a victim. We love to be victims. We don't want to die. I've been wounded. I need victim. Help me. I, 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 I have a disease. It's alcoholism. None. If it's a disease, and I'm not going to dismiss it, I will say this. It's the only disease I know where you've got to pull the lid off the bottle and drink it. You've got to go find it and ingest it. Well, I have no ability to say no. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't give me that. No temptation has seized you but that which is common to man. Get off the river way back there. Die, die, die. Witness, 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 witness. Martyr, 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 martyr. You want a stronger marriage? Martyr, 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 martyr. Die, 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 die. Crucify, crucify, crucify. Let Christ live. You're witnessing to the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. You die, he lives. You die, he lives. You die, he lives. That's every day. And it's no problem when the time comes to the end that you give your life like every one of the folks in, in the first church did. We're not a library. We're a billboard. To be a witness means we die daily. And you know what? It's not about your comfort. It's not about your security. It's not about your ego. I, ego, self-preservation, is dead. The only reason why you're afraid, the only reason why you're lazy, and the only reason why you're addicted, and the only reason why you're engaged is because you aren't dead. Be a witness. How are you a witness? You bear witness to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ remission of sins and repentance. Holy Spirit, fill me with dynamic dunamis power. I'm on the track to do your will. This hunk of metal is filled by your spirit to go the direction you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. So, that's it. Any questions tonight? Comments? Disagreements? divisions criticisms anything a prayer request I don't know whatever anything Bueller Bueller alright we'll close with prayer Lord thank you for your word <clears throat> and Holy Spirit thank you that as we wait upon you in the midst of the trial knowing that you've called us to reach this world to overcome the seven mountains of influence the only way to reach those mountains of influence is to die. We, we'd rather sit in the four walls of the church and decry the destruction of mankind and, and civilization and community. And, and we're so good at complaining, but we are not very good at dying. Deny ourselves. Pick up our cross. You know, I, I, Lord, I, <clears throat> I'm mindful of the men and women who secured the freedoms for us. And, and we, we're so good at complaining the loss of those freedoms, but we do absolutely nothing about it. It's just too hard. 
And then we, we make all kinds of excuses why we can't die. But Lord, tonight, we see a handful of men and women that turn the world right side up because all they did was die that you might live. And then there's power that the world can't stop. Immovable objects standing upon the foundation, the rock of Christ, and the truth of his word. The same word that spoke the heavens into existence is the same word that will overcome death and destruction by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And here we are, Lord, the remnant, the church. In the midst of an ever-darkening world, we ask that you'd bring revival. And the key to revival is that your people would deny themselves. So Lord, help us to die that you might live. Crucify and rely upon the living God. By the power of your spirit, Lord, fill us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.